What up, world? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you to all you fine fellas and ladies joining us here tonight for episode 25. As always, we've got a solidly curated lineup to keep you educated and entertained from beginning to end. This couldn't happen without the rest of the minds behind the movement, so let's meet the stew crew responsible for thinning the herd. Live from Richmond, Tommy, Lasagna, how we doing, brother? We're good. Just riding out the dog days of summer here, kind of, you know, end of baseball season, into football. Uh, but I think we got a nice little lineup tonight. Tommy got me a very nice bottle of uh, bourbon whiskey as an engagement present he brought up this weekend, so I appreciate that, man. Yes, sir. Congrats again. Yeah. Next up, live from Nashville, the elusive snake himself, Shaggy Doe. How we doing? Uh, what's good? Uh, Tom really setting the bar there as a best friend. Uh, <laughs> Carter, I should probably get you something as well that hadn't crossed my mind at this point, but uh, consider consider me shopping for your engagement present. Oh, thanks. Man. Um, and it. like Tom said, yeah, we are officially on kind of the home stretch of the Major League Baseball season, heading into. We got NFL training camps going on. We also have, uh, you know, basically college football practice starting up in less than a week, I believe. So fall camp starting there. So and, we're uh, foaming at the mouth. Yeah, we are foaming at the mouth for football, indeed. Well, uh, let's not leave out our uh, our last host here, coming to us back from the East Coast, live on the West Coast, Harry Douglas, a.k.a. Girthquake Grimes. How we doing? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's going to be back, folks. Sorry for the... Uh Sorry for not being there last week. Uh, you know, I got caught up with some scheduling issues <laughs> as, as it so happens. Hey, when that happens. Uh, but yeah, Gardner, I, I feel bad too. I haven't done shit. Tom is really uh, really making us look shitty over hey, here. Um, <laughs> he came up and visited. Don't worry. Don't worry. I, I get but, it. Uh, but don't worry. I'll, crazy these days. Shipping is shipping's crazy, but uh, I'll bring some goodies from the West Coast for yeah. you. Hopefully, um, UPS will sponsor us. Thanks for, uh, yeah. for milking that. Now you're going to receive an influx of of gifts from all our yeah. listeners worldwide oh yeah well let's go ahead and kick right into our uh, kick-ass motherfucking intro music i think joe flacco is actually a very elite quarterback i supposed to be the franchise player and we in here talking about practice you got my vote number one man greatest quarterback of all time hands down tom brady All right, you know the deal, ladies and gentlemen. We will keep you up to date on the biggest stories and games while putting some money in your pocket on a weekly basis. Without further ado, let's do it, baby. Boo. So, gentlemen, let's get the wheels warm per usual. I'm going to kick it off to you guys. How the hell is everything going? We obviously talked a little bit about what's going on in our personal lives, but what's the future looking like? Well, if you just heard that bush crack, uh, things are going pretty well for me at the moment. <laughs> what what are, what are we doing, gentlemen, to thin the herd? We gotta we gotta focus on the movement here. I'm still training for Area 51 storming. Are we inserting ourselves as like spies, or are we actually participating? Oh, I'm not getting I'm not going anywhere near that shit, man. I can't wait just to see the the report afterwards of the. Uh, there's gonna be some carnage. I the think. thinning of the herd. You know, we talk about thinning thinning the herd. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna be I'm, some thinning I'm of gonna the s- herd. I'm gonna stay put in Richmond on. What, what weekend is it? September, September twentieth. We gotta 20th? get Brent. I think 20th. We gotta get Brent like a, a flag coming off his back with some EOR gear so that we know exactly where he's at. Put some, some boots on the coverage. ground. We're gonna be like exactly. the new Reuters, just you know, investigators everywhere. 
Yeah, the future I, of I, us. I actually, I just watched a, a movie clip of Mad Max, and if this raid isn't anything like that, they've already failed. Like, I need to see, like, you know, spray paint on the mouse. Like, you know, you got to get really hopped up Someone, on some You want to see Tom Hardy to chained to the front of a car. Yeah, I want to see the guy with the guitar on top of the car. <laughs> just fucking shredding. Tongue like out. Like, if, that, if, that's, if that's not happening, then, then this is a, a failure. It's a fail. And if they're not pulling out, I don't <clears> remember who said it. I think it was Brent. Uh, if they're not pulling out plasma rifles to blast and just incinerate these fools, like, using alien weapons against them, Again, fail. Correct. Correct. All right. Well, we got to stack so that's, the gen. Yeah, that's that's in a month. Yeah. So let's go we got ahead a month and kick to, it uh, off. They got a month to prepare. Can't wait. We'll, we'll keep the countdown going uh, as, well, as well as the memes. So um, what do we got here for agenda tonight for these fine folks? As always, we've got some banner for you. <clears throat> We're going to talk about some Fortnite frenzy. We're going to talk about NASA's robots uh, that are going rogue, maybe, uh, and plenty more. We have the world of sports for you. Per usual, MLB. We're going to talk to you about the AL wildcard race, NFL Hall of Fame inductions, and the people's golfer. We'll let you know who that is. We'll wrap that up with some buzzer beaters, our last shot to impress you fine people. So let's get right into it. So our first uh, <coughs> first uh, item on the agenda here is Fortnite Frenzy. As you all very well know, popular game played by many. Um, but now, who would have thunk it? You could become a millionaire by playing. And a uh, a 16 year old kid that goes by the name Bukaki. Uh, Are you I being mean, serious? Bu- Bugagi, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, is a World Cup Fortnite champion, and he took home three million dollars. 16 years old. Three million dollars. I don't think he can get that till he's 18. So his parents are gonna blow all of it. Um, but good for him, man. Like. Your parents always told you that, you know, video games are going to ruin your life, but think again, ma. I don't understand how there's a $3 million prize. That is an absurd amount of number. It's like the largest, excuse me, the largest, um, the largest purse, I believe, in video game history, if that's even a thing. I would imagine that. It's bigger than, like, some of the major purses. It is bigger than the major purses. Like not the purse itself, but it's bigger than yeah, what that, the winner of a major like, would get. Yeah. No one cut. has ever won three get, like, million dollars mil. in a golf tournament. What I what I loved watching from those videos is that they kept saying the commentators were like, This is wildly impressive. Never been done before in Fortnite history. First of all, it's been around for two years. So fucking There's not that much history. <laughs> slow your roll there. But uh yeah, man. Shout out to this kid. I think it's I don't want to say impressive because he's playing video games, but the purse is impressive, so... Yeah, he's Luckily also... For this kid, also Here's the thing. With, th- with that $3 million, he might actually lose his virginity before 25. Oh, <laughs> 100 P. Jesus. I would say a couple of things, dude. One, one is the kid looks very... He looks pretty normal by, by you know, video game... <laughs> yeah, video he doesn't gamer look like standards. he's shooting anybody up. No, 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 I'm no, not, not at all. Him. And here's the... Th- no, yeah. Here's the thing. Like, as a parent, I mean, you got to be, like, super stoked that your kid just won $3 million. But, like, is it something that you go to your other parent friends and, like, brag? Yeah, you're, you my, my know, kid's you're, a Fortnite Other parents are like, savage. yeah, my kid won the Heisman. And your ki- you're like, yeah, my kid won the World Oh, yeah? How much, uh, how much prize money comes with the Heisman? Zero dollars? No, I, oh, could, okay. I couldn't agree, I couldn't <laughs> agree with you more. 
But I guess that's a good debate. What what is what is more worth it in your eyes? Would you rather go down in history as somebody who won the Heisman or somebody who won the World Championship of Fortnite? Or or not the clown, Heisman, but like an accolade question, of the sort. Clown question, bro. Yeah. The clown question. You give me the Fortnite. Right. Right. Give so me the Fortnite championship. World Three series. million dollars? I don't have Stanley to do anything. Cup. No, I'll take the three million. All right. No, so okay, but if you win the Heisman, you're guar- more or less guaranteed. There's exceptions to this. So like like James White, uh, who's a quarterback from Oklahoma that won the Heisman and didn't go to the pro. Anyways, if you go if you won the Heisman, you're more than likely to go to pro in the Even NFL. If you're, Johnny you're gonna make Rams more than help. you're gonna make more than three million dollars. Like this kid, he won three mil. Like where does he go next? Like is he well, now he probably on, like, just payroll keeps with, winning like, fucking tournaments and doesn't become he doesn't make as much money as like Odell Beckham, but I'm pretty sure this kid is gonna do just fine for himself playing video games. No, I mean like, I think I could I think I could win a video game tournament. I'm pretty confident in myself. What game? <laughs> what game? Uh not not Fortnite. My like, little pony. Call FIFA? <laughs> Call of Duty. Call of Duty or like no, not FIFA. Call of Duty or like Apex. I'm nasty at All Apex right. now. Jesus Christ. Nice. At least you're not playing League of Legends. They're uh, not even comparable. All right, you know, people are out here casting spells and shit, you know, whatever. <laughs> all right, let's let's uh, let's move on here. Uh, big, big fan of Family Guy. Thought uh, we would do a little appreciation here with a would you rather. And this came, <laughs> this came directly from Family Guy, okay? So anybody who's on, <clears throat> the, on the PC lookout, uh, would you rather get a massage from a man or surgery from a woman? <laughs> it's, um, a really, it's a really funny fucking question. Yeah, I would have to go with surgery from a woman and and happily risk my life before a man massages. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I, yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm the same boat. What who's like? What are women incapable of performing surgery? That's the joke, no. obviously. And yes, I obviously yeah yeah. So yes, I'd prefer a woman to give me surgery. Yeah. Tom wants the massage. Um, yeah, uh, just to play devil's advocate, I'd take the massage and not risk any complications with right. surgery. I'm going to throw a curveball oh. in there. The guy is Trier. <laughs> if Trier ever gets within five feet of me, I'm calling the cops. <laughs> what's, the sur- what's the surgery? <laughs> I would rather, right. I would risk brain surgery before I let Trier lay a hand on me. <laughs> All right. Oh, that all poor right, kid. Right, I told I told him we give him a shout out this weekend. I'm sorry, it had to be that. There's your shout out, my man. All right, here we Mr. go. Mr. Trier. Um, love scrolling through the wacky world of news. Brought to uh, you some tidbits that I found were interesting. Um, something that you should know: your Fitbits, your Apple Watches, all of those items that monitor your steps and congratulate you when you hit ten thousand steps. That dates back to 1964 at the Tokyo Olympic uh, Games. A company began selling a pedometer called the Manpoki. Man meaning 10,000, po meaning steps, and key meaning meter. Um, so essentially this is just kind of a made-up fucking marketing scheme that was done during the 19, during 1964. Um so keep walking towards those 10,000 steps, but uh, they've come to find that there really isn't any scientific study that shows the difference between 
5,000 steps and 10,000 steps. It's a matter of, you know, the vigor and, and the velocity at which you do it. So, what, what, what is this? Stop hating on my dreams, Gardner. You trying know, to really get my steps, steps like, you, like, you get your fucking rings that update you, and they're like, congratulations. Yeah, Harrison. I've never actually looked at how many steps. I just I didn't, look I, at the rank. I didn't realize that ten thousand was like a like a some sort of that's that's the key marker that all these companies set these watches and these uh, these Fitbits at. As soon as I don't even think 10, I take a hundred steps in a day. I just, well, you, you need to work be, on that. Um, I just thought it was interesting. Like this was a technology that they brought around in 1964, and you know now here we are. They look a little bit sexier, but uh, have they really? Yeah, changed? and people are still fat as shit. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> congratulations. Fatter, in fact. Yeah, fatter. <laughs> yeah. So they seemingly have not worked. So thanks a lot, man, Pokey. Um, next up on the technology thanks, thanks spectrum, a lot, Steve Jobs. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Um, NASA has released robots. Uh, these robots have been named Valkyrie. They're semi, they're semi-autonomous robots, uh, designed to operate in hostile environments or places which humans cannot reach. So, essentially, they're terrifying, um, and they have the ability to use human tools and plot their own path safely across dif- uh, difficult terrains. Um, so basically what Iron Man does when he scouts all of his enemies and the terrain, that's what these things do. Uh, and they can use our tools, by the way, which I assume probably goes uh, into the category of firearms. Uh, yeah, that's uh, – I mean, we've been pretty anti-robot on this podcast for a bit now. But but we've talked about it, and like Boston that- Dynamics and other companies have done it. But if you click this link and you look at these robots – it's uh, it's not something that I, I want out there. I think we should have. Valkyrie sounds very dangerous. A hundred percent. There's a movie with Tom Hanks, liter- or sorry, Tom Cruise, about taking down Hitler. And the plan was called Valkyrie. Like, hello. That's a good thing, though. Um, I mean, y- yeah, but yeah, like, I'm just tired. Honestly, I'm I'm tired of all the evidence at hand that we have. And by evidence, I mean science fiction movies that <laughs> that ro- robots and auto- autonomous function in general is it just spells death for the human race. Stop building robots. Period. Stop. Like we learned from Zuckerfucker when he built those two AIs that started their own language, and we pulled the plug. I mean, those things are probably somewhere out in the unknown. Just you know, conspiring against us and how they're going to set off an EMP and kill us all. But now they have legs and arms and the ability to foresee possibly the future. So, let's get rid of them. NASA, stick to fucking rockets, man. Yeah, I'm out. So, we're out. Later. Thanks a lot, NASA. Jesus Christ. Thanks a lot, Steve Jobs. All right, this is what you people are here for, the world of sports. Um, We've got some serious MLB updates here for you. We're going to kick it off with a uh, not-so-hot update. Uh, Tom, I'll uh, hand it over to you as this is something that you highlighted a couple days ago. Yeah, so if you missed it this weekend, Trevor Bauer, starting pitcher for the Cleveland Indians, had a childish, one of the biggest meltdowns I have seen 
in my 26 years of watching baseball. And after getting shelled by the Royals, he like took a step back off the mound and chucked the ball over the center field fence. Child. And if I mean Terry Fracona, it, he doesn't take any shit. And he came out there, and it was like clear as day on camera. He just looks at him and said, "What the fuck are you doing?" And then Bauer tries to like apologize or whatever, and he just points at the dugout and he's like, "Go to the fucking dugout. Yeah, Get out of here. Go take a seat." Dude, what an Trevor, idiot. Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer, man, has been a like a, a, a literal baby in a 25-year-old man's body for as long as he's been in the league. I mean, what was the thing that happened where he got fined or something like that and he decided to donate like it was like 69 payments of $420 to some, you know, like the guy's a fucking he's a, he's a child. Yes. He always has been. If you're a coach, he's nasty, are you, are he's you, nasty are you at football. Benching him? Oh, well, I mean, absolutely. I still got to win baseball games, so no. Yeah, and they're in a and they're they're in, you know they're in a bit of a race for for uh, winning that division too. I mean, the the issue with Bauer is that he's definitely regressed this season, but he leads baseball in innings, um, batters faced. His ERA is decent, <clears throat> but he also leads baseball in walks. And like this guy has just been a roller coaster all season. And I I don't know. This was just like I've literally never seen anything like this. And if you haven't seen it, like please go check out this video. I mean, if he it, goes to the Yankees, I'm gonna throw a fucking conniption. We um, we apologize for any of you uh, young individuals listening listening because it's not even childish. It, it it it's something not even a child would do. It was the temper tam- temper tantrum of just a buffoon. Like there's just no there's no room for that. Like just put your head down and get off the fucking field. Dude, and any any GM that's that's you know because Trevor Bauer's you know his name has been kind of linked to to other teams you know with the trade deadline coming up. Any GM that sees him do this, like he's devaluing himself immediately by pulling a stunt. Well, like he that. should also just be extremely know, thankful yeah. he plays in the American League and doesn't have to stand up to bat. Otherwise, someone would beam him in the fucking chin. <laughs> oh, I think it's coming. There's there's gonna be something, especially like to your teammates. The only way you like, learn. You look like an idiot. Well, um, let's move on and talk socks. Um, absolute travesty this weekend. Uh, Grimes, Tom, I'll turn it over to you yeah. guys to duke it out. Tom, you can you can start it, man. But you know, start it off. Uh, this weekend, I can't explain to you guys how big this weekend was for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I, I still don't know if the division the division's probably out of hand nine games is still a lot but we took three of four from the Yankees in Boston and we got to within one game of the wild card now and if we win the wild card we will line up to play New York in the ALDS and I don't think the Yankees want anything to do with the Red Sox right now especially after how this weekend unfolded yeah so okay it wasn't great. <laughs> obviously, then obviously the Red Sox taking three or four is not a good look. The Yankees rebounded in that fourth game to win nine to six. There are some glaring issues. Um, CC Sabathia going to the IL, not good. Gary Sanchez being on the IL, obviously, clearly that just creates an automatic hole in their lineup, not good. Um, Marcus Stroman going to the Mets. Not good because I was like, Marcus Stroman's going to come to the Yankees. We'll give up some prospects. 
he'll he'll help round out. Then we'll get Luis Severino back for you know hopefully the last like month and a half of the season before the play, before the playoffs come around. But that just doesn't seem to be the case. So yes, am I worried a little bit? The Yankees will still make the playoffs. They'll be fine. They'll hold they'll hold their you know their spot. Hopefully in the number one spot. I would hate for them to go into a wild card game, uh, especially since of the way they do it now with that playing game. But you know at the end of the day, man. I don't know. The Yankees can just the injury bug has hit them. They hit them in the beginning of the year. It's hitting them again. You know they they'll be fine. But yeah, I, I'm a little bit worried going into the playoffs. At the end of the oh, day, yeah. I still love this team. If if Severino comes comes back and and is yeah, a Severino that he was That's last a big year, if. it's August, and he ain't. Back. I know, and he was I mean, he so- was supposed to be out for he was supposed to be out for like six weeks into the season. Now we're like. Now they're saying, like, end of August. I don't even know. You know, there's really no timetable. So for argumentative purposes, um, we've alluded to how they've been injured all season. Um, We've also spoken about the fact that they've played without the big-name stars uh, and done just fine, getting them all the way to, like Harrison said, you know, a playoff lock spot, essentially. And uh, my question to you, Harrison, is do you think, like – Tom said that they can they can take them in the ALDS. I think they can, man. But it, it's so it's hard to say at this very point in time. I mean, it's very contingent on some of these players. CC Severino, uh, Sanchez will be back. Luke Voigt is 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 on the IL. It's not long. It's like a ten day IL stint. Uh, and then Giancarlo Stanton, who you know what I I don't I don't really even know where to start with him. He, I feel like he's been hurt or underperforming since he became a Yankee. So we paid the guy like fucking, you know, $200 million. So Small country. My whole issue with New York is that because of all these injuries, they're going to have to bring up a lot of their, their you know, stock in this, this, like, this trade deadline, who they can deal, who they can't deal. And I don't know if they can't make a move for a pitcher. I just think this Red Sox team is too good. Everybody is sort of wild at how New York has been, um, and rightfully so. But we had a, a rough month to the start of the season, and now we are leading baseball in runs scored this year. So it's a matter of our pitching coming together, and if you know the playoffs tend to be anything like this weekend, I like the Red Sox. I don't care where it is. Give me the Red Sox. It's not how you start. It's how you finish, boys. Speaking That's of finishing... Right. Uh, the Braves yeah. are. Let's talk. Braves <laughs> the now. Braves are fucking finished. Brent. Yeah. Um, three weeks ago, Tom made what I thought was an idiotic comment: bet your mortgage on the Nats winning the NL East. I'm not quite ready to cave yet, but I'm not gonna lie. I am. I am pulling some of my chips from the middle of the table as we speak, uh, because they just honestly, since that day, I think they're they're. I know for a fact they're four and six in their last ten games. They're about to lose. They're about to drop one tonight to the Nats. Um, as I told you guys the last episode, there are back-to-back series stretches, two separate back-to-back series uh, with the Phillies and the Nats. They're currently in the middle. They just they just took a few from the Phillies, so that didn't hurt them at all. The Nationals dropped a few to the Dodgers while that was happening, so that's still a five and a half game lead in the in the East at the moment. But now we have uh, four straight games versus the Nationals, and we're about to drop the first one of those in Washington. Uh, it was tied 2-2 um, in the sixth inning, but um, someone who was it? 
Let's see. Anthony Rendon. Yep. Went An- Anthony ding Rendon dong. just hit an absolute fucking moon ball for a grand slam to take it 6-2. Now we're in the top of the seventh, and uh, it's just not looking good. So plan on dropping one now. We have like a 2% chance to win this game. The only thing going for us right now is that uh, Scherzer is out on the I.L., um, but the Braves have, mm-hmm. you know, a few injuries of their own. Otherwise, that would be you could chalk that one up as a win immediately. Uh, so we do have that going for us. Hopefully, just split this series and and keep going at five and a half games. But you know, with the chance to ne- take it down to three and a half entering the trade deadline, um, who the hell knows what's going to happen? But it has never been more obvious than in these last three weeks that the, the Braves have to have some starting pitching help. Period. That's right. You know what's a problem too about that is that the the pitching market with the, you it's, know with the deadline coming up is year. not that strong. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah definitely. You talk about like you talk about Bumgarner is like one guy that's been t- tossed around, and now they're not selling. You they, know, and, and the Giants are pretty much just they closed the book on that. So yeah, they're officially yeah. in second place. Granted, that's fourteen and a half Dude, games back 14, of the Dodgers. Exactly. <laughs> but where are they standing in the where they standing in the wild card? One game back. Um, okay. I, th- I think they're one game <laughs> back. It's actually. Um, the NL wild card is solely NL Central teams right now. It's the Cubs and the Cardinals are both tied for first, and uh, the Brewers are a game back. And so all three of them sit atop the wild card. And then I don't know. I think San Francisco is next in there. But regardless, if if one they have done nothing but win baseball games over the last freaking thirty days, so they are hot. The the Giants are officially hot. They're hitting well. They're obviously pitching well enough to win baseball games. And unlike any other sport almost, I guess other than football, because because it is a, a one game and you win and move on type scenario, but in any sport where playoffs are a series, there is no more parity than in baseball in my opinion. So the Giants are just all about getting in, baby. You know, get in, win, and move forward. Everyone there in that club, they're a winning program. They're a winning club. About that action. Yeah, they're about that action. So they're not scared. Um, now they've pretty much officially shifted from sellers to buyers, and they're just hoping to get that wild card spot and, and make something happen. So, yeah, outside of him, like Harry said, uh, pretty much the pitching carousel at the trade deadline is pretty weak this year. So I don't know what what the Braves are going to do. They have plenty of farm talent. They're going to have to give a lot of it up if they if they want to make a run this year. Yeah. Um, well, we uh, we want to talk a little bit about the NL Central update. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's what we're just covering. Yeah. And the only thing the only thing I guess I'll like I'll comment on is it kind of pisses me off. So like I mentioned before, about Marcus Stroman, probably like the most desirable pitcher at the trade deadline from New York. He's from Long Island, actually. Um, him going to the Mets is such a waste of of space. It's such like a waste of everyone's time for him to, to go to a team that's not in contention. Like how pissed the would you be about the to trade even deadline get traded and, to the Mets? I, I would be furious. And and you know there was this whole storyline about this commotion that was going on after their game yesterday. Um, I think Stroman was on the mound, and there was something weird like the the Blue Jays they shut the doors on the presser uh, post game, which is like something they never do, or some some you know something most teams never do. Um, and and the, the thought was that it was around the fact that he got traded to the Mets and he really wanted to go to the Yankees, you know. But but in any case, like, it's just such a – like, you're talking about a guy who could really bolster someone's bullpen or, or starting rotation, and he goes to a team like the Mets, and it's just – it's not useful for anyone. It doesn't it doesn't help anyone in the situation. I mean, the they're, only, they're the only person it helps – Yeah, the only person it yeah. helps is Toronto 
They didn't deal him to New York because he's a division rival and he's under contract for next year. They wanted no part of him, and they just sold him out. I mean, you're right. I feel bad for the guy. Um, but, hey, you know, that's baseball. Yeah, that's life. The, Met, yeah. the Mets well, that's also – That's the point. Is like, it's, not, it's not up to him. It's not like the NBA where you can literally force yourself into a, a trade to the team if you're choosing. Yeah, there are a thousand players. Like the NBA players is today. My yeah. issue with it is that the Mets, like, stole him. They traded for, I think, two pitching prospects. And, I mean, this is Marcus Stroman, like, all-star. Yeah, neither one of them are Marcus Stroman. Like, I think they, they got a deal. I don't know what Toronto was doing, frankly. I, I But I, I agree, Harrison. Like, I like that it plays its course. I don't like the, the outspokenness of, like, this is where I want to be, and if I'm not here, I'm going to be upset. Um and I think at the end of the day, it's it's an industry. So, like, mm-hmm. you can be upset and you can have your personal qualms, but, you know, they use Twitter and social media as a vice to kind of preach their essentially insecurities and being upset with being traded to these teams. And I think it's just shut the fuck up, you know? You're, well, you're, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, you're an employee. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's an industry. I, you know, I don't yeah, go into work correct. and bitch and moan and being like, this is where I want to be and this is what I want to do. And if yeah. I don't, I'm going to be unhappy. It's like, that's not how the real world works. So yeah, go up, Peter exactly. Pan. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's talk about the NFL, which is only weeks away. Uh, something that puts a tingle in all of our pants. And, uh, you know, with the NFL comes fantasy football. We'll make sure to update you guys on injuries going into the season. Um, suspensions, everything of the sort. But we want to talk a little bit about the gentlemen that have come and gone uh, through the league and that are now notable 2019 NFL Hall of Fame inductees. Um, So uh, eight in total, four of which we've highlighted here, talked to you a little bit about. uh, Ed Reed, Champ Bailey, Ty Law, Tony Gonzalez, big names, um, mm-hmm. obviously that are that are going in this round. Uh, obviously a huge class last year, or big names last year as well. Um, but want to turn it over to you guys to talk a little bit about these uh, these heads. Yeah, right off the bat, uh, no disrespect to Ed Reed, but I'm going to let one of you fellow savages take that. But um, honestly, there have been few players in the history of the league as productive in any season, and Tony Gonzalez was productive for fucking... 20 seasons, um, literally changed the tight end position forever. Um, before him, you know, now tight end is, is a giant position uh, just across the NFL in general. Uh, they changed the game. They changed the way you defend the game. And in turn, obviously, they, they changed what offenses have turned into in the 21st century, honestly. But um, since he came into the league, really, the I would say combination of speed and size and just pass catching ability, the the first real tight end to change the game was probably Shannon Sharp, and then after that, Tony Gonzalez just just blew the, you know, blew through the ga- glass ceiling at that position, and now you see people like him, all over the place. Um, but he is he is my favorite. He's the one that jumps off the page to me, and if anyone deserves to be a Hall of Famer, it's it's Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, and th- it's a stout list. I mean, I know there there was eight in total, but these four guys. I mean, talk about. Ed Reed, Champ Bailey, Ty Law, like some of the best defensive backs to ever do it, right. to ever put on pads. Um, you know, game-changing guys. I mean, you put, if you have those three in the same backfield or, you know, uh, secondary, I mean, like, you know, you're winning ball games. you know. So, 
it's sick. I mean, it's really cool to see Ed Reed as as a alumni of of you know Miami. Um, I always love to see that the guys. You know, he was a two star recruit out of high school, went to the U. You know, became a national champion. Because what's it all uh, about? It's all about the U, baby. And like the guy <laughs> wears a star in his sleeve, and he did that day. You know, he did that every single day, and that's the reason why he's there. Uh, you know, just like those other guys. You know, they they separate themselves by like just being savages and. and you know, it's it's cool to see. I mean, this is a pretty it's a pretty stacked list right there, no doubt. Quick, um, just a quick update. I should have had this in front of me as I was talking about him. Tony Gonzalez was in the league from 1997, played until 2013. Oh my god! So a lifetime. Um, Fourteen considered time, a dinosaur. Yeah, 14-time Pro Bowl selection. Also, obviously holds the NFL record for total receiving yards by a tight end at. 15,000-plus receiving yards, and he's second all-time in receptions in the NFL across any position with 1,325. The only person he trails is the GOAT, Jerry fucking Rice. So, yeah, uh, amazing. Pretty good resume. That is that is As a tight insanely end. impressive. Yeah. Well, he like that's how he changed the game. Like receive, Being a receiving tight end was not like a, that much of a thing. Correct. Like They were that purely position was used for blocking, for blocking purposes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and like Shake said, like, Every now every tight end prospect you see come out of college is 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 measured on their ability to receive. Correct. Their speed, their height, their jumping ability, and their ability Just to catch the honestly, ball. Honestly, their ability to create a mismatch with linebackers in the open field. That's what a tight end is for exactly. today. And before 1997, when Tony Gonzalez was drafted into the league, the tight end position was used to block on sweep runs, runs off the tackle. Period. And it is now That's a completely it. different position thanks to him. And oh. he was. And also Tom, you should be. F- and Tom, you should be fucking grateful, because <laughs> he allowed people like, like Rob Gronkowski, who's, who's, you know, the reason why he's so good is because he's really good at both. But I know, mean, I'm not. The I'm not denying at, it. Without the tight ends that the Pats have had, you know, they're they're different types of offenses. Well, if if we're talking about players out the, throughout the years, I gotta like, give my man Ty Law a shout out. Um, in the early years, and especially the 01 Super Bowl, um, probably his his claim to fame was a giant interception um, that pretty much kind of you know turned the game for the Patriots and went on to, as you know, lead uh, Adam Vinatieri game winning field goal, 2001 Super Bowl champions. Uh, that was the first of six, uh, and it really you could you could argue that it started on this man's back. Um, he just played with attitude. Uh, he was just an absolute savage. Um, in those earlier years defenses and when I was younger I went to training camp and he came over he dapped me up uh coolest moment of my life up until hey Tom how does it feel that you'll never win a Super Bowl ever again who won't dude we're gonna win this year (laughs) Uh, honestly Tom is probably fucking right I can't even say anything I I know I was hoping you were gonna defend me but (laughs) first of all I I, Gardner you mentioned you know NFL making it you know giving you a tingle in your pants like for our for our listeners we're gonna we're gonna break down this whole fantasy football season coming up in on the next probably in a month or so uh i am so jacked up for fantasy football like i cannot even explain i can't wait to take your money again you how much viagra i'm gonna have to take watching the giants oh because they're they're, (laughs) it's almost it's the most anti-tingle in your pants yeah anti-tingle but um (laughs) 
will discuss, as Harrison mentioned. Let's move on here to the PGA to uh, wrap us up here in the world of sports. Ah. Uh, Brooks Kepka. We've talked to him, uh, talked about him. We haven't talked to him. That'd be pretty fucking cool. Uh, we've talked to him a bunch. Uh, he is now the common man's new golf dream. Uh, this gentleman has defined uh, not giving a fuck and being good at it. We we uh, we threw up a quote. I don't know if it's even real, but uh, I believe he was quoted saying, "I don't even really like golf, but whatever." Quick fact check. I think that that is that is a real uh, quote. Okay, yeah. it's real. Here's okay. Let me let me so let me. I I want to like kind of warn Brooks a little bit. Like not warn him. Like the guy's gonna keep winning tournaments. He's gonna keep winning majors. He's gonna keep making a shit ton of money. But like, you can only go so far. You know, kind of bashing a sport that makes you money. You know, it, it doesn't make him a very. I, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, players just, do it all day long. <clears throat> I've never seen something like this where a guy well, really constantly with, yeah. talks about how much he like doesn't enjoy the sport that is literally putting millions of dollars in his pocket. Well, Brent, you were mentioning it. He got into an accident, right? And he was supposed to play something else and ended up playing golf, or is that somebody else? I'm thinking no, that was someone else. That was uh, the that was Gary Woodland. Yeah, you're right. Um, Fuck. But yeah, they I mean, regardless. Harry's right. Like <laughs> he is he is walking, and honestly, he's he's. At this point, kind of stepping over the fair, the very fine line that exists between like, damn, this dude is just an all-around fucking stud, and now he's just kind of being a little bit of a douchebag. But also, um, I'm still, I mean, we're all still Kepka fans, I suppose, as yeah. as are most, uh, you know, people in their mid twenties at the moment. But yeah, it's like you don't even really like golf. All right, stop playing then. You know? I was about to say, here's the thing: if you don't like it and you hate it that much, quit. Right. You've made enough money that you can you could retire. Post yeah, in you know Florida, do whatever you want to do. Correct. Um, but to give background context, um, he showed up 45 minutes. Uh, I love this move, by the way. He shows up 45 me, me minutes too. prior I, yep. to his Sunday tee time at St. Jude Classic, uh, trailing Rory by one stroke. Uh, Kepka shoots a five under uh, 65 and ultimately wins by three strokes. Just effort, um, effortlessly. Yeah, yeah, it was it was nothing. I mean, there is there is. No move I like more than just hopping right out of Kep- your tr- trunk and walk into the first tee. That's basically what this guy did. The only difference between me and him is he was in the final pairing at a professional Kepka, golf tournament. Kepka's the kind of guy that you hated in school because you studied all fucking night and you showed up and the kid's like, oh, we have a test today, and they ace it, and you fail. That's Kepka. Right. Yeah. yeah, but you know, uh, what, much, but but you know I, what? Those kids are liars, and I bet Kepka. This is just a front. I see. That's kind of what I agree to. Obviously, he it spends a ton of time working on his golf game, or he wouldn't be the best fucking golfer in the world. That's why it's like, all right, dude. Like, we get it. You're yeah, a little bored it, out he there. Play. Yeah, it's not really like the most not exciting thing in the world for you to do. He wouldn't practice. Correct. But clearly, he I, practices. I, he clearly practices, but I, I think there's. It's like he's trying to be the bad boy of golf, but. There's, he's not really there because to be the bad boy of golf, you got to be Dustin Johnson, like railing lines, banging whoever you know, banging everything, and you know that that walks. <laughs> but I do, I do agree, man. Like, okay, with golf, like you don't need like a lot of these guys probably show up like two, three hours ahead of their tee time. N- nobody needs that much time to practice. Correct. Like, you're you either you're either, either on or up. you're not. Yeah, exactly. Most of these guys are so. Uh, 
like nervous or, or insecure about like where their game's at that they feel in the need to show up that early for their for their tea time. If you show up 45 minutes and you're as confident as as possible, like you hit a couple balls, you loosen up the shoulders, you roll a couple putts, and, and you go, and you're and, and that's all you need. And clearly, that's all the guy needs. He sh- shoots a 65 with with probably I bet he hit like 20 balls, rolled like 15 putts, and then walked to the tee. Right, savage. So. The, I guess the, the point is, as we had mentioned, he's been expressive about his views uh, on a sport that's made him millions. Um, you know, he continues to win tournaments, and he continues to impress. Uh, the PGA Tour Championship is coming up in August, the, 20, uh, the 22nd to the 25th. It'll be hosted at the uh, Eastlake Golf Club in Atlanta. Hotlanta. Um, so... You can bet your ass that you'll see Kepka there in, you know, Kepka, Kepka esque, uh, you know, fashion. Manner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got hey, the whole we got the whole FedEx Cup playoffs coming up, you know. So honestly, uh, pretty much starting in August, every golf tournament is is a big golf tournament. They all are from this point out. So uh, all the big names will be there, and Kepka, I'm sure, you know, he's he stays peaking, peaking like a motherfucker. I'm so all about a, uh, there being a, a bad boy of golf, but don't bash it. You know what I mean? Correct. You're making money. Just just bash. I don't know if you want to if you want to be somebody who provokes other or, or this is kind of a front. Bash other players. Like get a competitive edge going. You know, be, what a, I mean? be an actual. Oh, bad he does. Boy. Talk some yeah. shit. He he complains about everybody and their pace of play, no matter like who he's who he's playing with. And like he, a lot of people pointed yeah. at Shane Lowry for all that in the British Open, and I don't well, know. It was. It was Kepka it was J.B. Holmes, and, and, and you better believe, you know, Kepka had all the real estate in the world in J.B. Holmes' head because the dude shot 87 on Sunday. Yeah, that's Like, tough. fuck, I could have I gone to Royal Port Rush and shot 87. Uh, for real. That's not even a joke, actually. <laughs> no. Um, well, I think that's all we've got for the world of sports, unless you guys have any last-minute uh, toss-ins there. Nah, buzzer nah. beater. All right, let's beat it. Um, Tom, start us off here. I want to give a shout-out to Kai Lachance. Uh, this is a Plymouth, Mass. native, my hometown. And he is, I think he's like 12 or 13. And he's competing in the first-ever Little League World Series Home Run Derby coming up this year along with the Little League World Series. So uh, shout-out to this kid for putting on, and uh, we're pulling for him here at End of Reg. Oh, let's dude, go, Kai! Absolutely, Sweet. you should throw up a let's post. Go Kai. Just rope and dingers. There's no uh, way Kai should be playing baseball instead of surfing the waves. Yeah, every single day. Yeah, this is, exactly. This is Aloha, mass. bro. Huh? Yeah, Aloha, Kai. <laughs> um, hey, Harrison, take it away, kid. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this weekend I went and saw. I'm not going to give away any any spoilers because it's brand new, but I went and saw it Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. How was it? Has anyone seen it yet? No. Give it give it a uh, a letter grade. Four out of five stars. I'll give it a I'll give it a four and a half stars. Okay. Is what I'd say. It's it's definitely worth seeing. Go see it in theaters. Quentin Tarantino. It's different from most of what you're used to. It's three hours. Um, it's it's two and a, it's yeah it's two hours like forty minutes. That's a bit I, of a commitment. I yeah, but it's whatever. I saw it on a Sunday afternoon. Perfect time to go see it. Go see it though. Uh, Leo and Brad absolutely crush it. Brad Pitt is 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 as cool as they come. I, I don't know what to say about uh, what else you can say about the guy. He's just 
He's Here, literally the fucking man. Here's a debate yeah, for you. Agreed. Brad, Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio? Whose life would you rather have? Or like, just, just like a sexual who do, question? Like, who do you think is the, just the ultimate just... I think I think Brad Pitt is like Leo. The, the abs. I think he's the absolute man. I think Brad Pitt is because he's like there's there's a little bit more masculinity to Brad Pitt than there is Leo. I feel he's like a fun, he's a functioning alcoholic too. Well, that's fine. <laughs> Leo no, is I'm a saying, little bit like, more good metrosexual, you know. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I will say no, you're, I, you're you're right in that he's he's like a he's, he's a rough man. and tough. Yeah, yeah, he's a rough and tough. Yeah. Dude, you're gonna if, you're, if if that's the way you feel about Brad, you're gonna absolutely love him in this movie. Right he on. is tingle like in your pants, a hundred percent. Okay, all right. Well, uh, you fine folks. Thank you as always for joining us tonight, gentlemen. As always, it was great conspiring on how to thin the herd. <laughs> if you have not already, please remember to check us out on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, additionally, make sure to click to subscribe on both iTunes and Spotify making big strides so don't miss out we want you guys to stay up to date on our weekly released episodes lastly we'll kick it off to you brent to close us out with some music appreciation yeah speaking of appreciating the shit out of some music and slightly piggyback piggybacking off of uh, harry's trip to the movies uh this thursday night um so every year now for going on 10 years i think this is the ninth annual they call it the grateful dead meet up at the movies uh, basically, they you know screen a famous performance from the Grateful Dead with a couple clips and interviews and stuff mixed in. Just a big event for for deadheads and music lovers everywhere. So this Thursday, it's the ninth annual Grateful Dead meetup at the movies. They'll be screening. Uh, I think it was June seventeenth, nineteen ninety one, at Giant Stadium. Um, awesome, awesome show. So you know, go get some Fire. movie tickets. Check Fire check your local the theater. Mountain. Exactly. <laughs> check your local theaters. Grab some tickets, grab a bucket of popcorn, go watch Jerry and the boys do their thing. Um, also in this uh, on this tour, uh, Bruce Hornsby, father of one of EOR's guests from earlier this year, or later last year rather, um, also yeah. ha- happened to be uh, playing keyboard uh, for the Dead in 1991. So it's actually the first time wow. that they've aired any footage um with Bruce Hornsby playing the piano, so... Very psychedelic. Yeah, go knock it out. Bu- bucket of popcorn, is that what they call it these days? Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen.
your dreams come